The Highlander Podcast is brought to you by Outdoor Product Design and Development, a four-year undergraduate degree focused on training the next generation of product creators for the sports and outdoor industries. Learn more at opdd.usu.edu. The Highlander Podcast is sponsored by the Utah Outdoor Association, a business association focused on elevating Utah's outdoor industry through educational programming and events. Their membership consists of Utah's outdoor manufacturers, retailers, outfitters, and guides. Member benefits include networking opportunities, recruitment of talent, and brand promotion. More information about volunteering and membership is available at utahoutdoor.org. On this episode of the Highlander Podcast, we talk with Craig McLaughlin, Senior Director of E-Commerce and Digital Marketing for Vista Outdoor. We talk about the changing consumer landscape and the state of e-commerce due to COVID-19. Welcome back, everyone. This is Chase Anderson, and joining me today is Craig McLaughlin, Senior Director of E-Commerce with Vista Outdoor. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely, Chase. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks for taking some time. Um, you know, it's I, I should mention as well. You're you're based here in Cache Valley, and we always like interviewing um, local people, people who are close here to the university, um, especially people who have you know who have been a part of local brands like a, like a Camp Chef. So, with that, do you mind sharing a little bit about kind of your background and and what your role is currently? Sure. I mean, how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> to be honest, as as far back as you're willing to share, I guess. Um, I mean, yeah, well, as far as e-commerce goes, I've been in the business for quite a while now, um, about 20 or so years, one of the early days of e-commerce. Um, I actually got my start in uh, just actually doing programming back in the mid-80s and kind of left that behind me for a little bit, um, just basic stuff like Pascal. Did it on like an old Atari 800XL system. Some people may know what that is. Um, it's pretty old stuff now, ancient, in fact. Um, but no, I did that and kind of got a, a taste for it. And then when the, you know, kind of the late 90s rolled around, I was, um, found myself kind of in a position where I could kind of tinker around again with computers because computers kind of moved on a little bit. You had like 386s and 486s and you could actually do more with computers than just basic programming. So I picked it up again and um, got involved with actually designing kind of visually the, the look and feel of websites and then finally got into the the back-end programming um, of websites and then that just naturally led to e-commerce because it was emerging at the time right people were looking for ways to to monetize and make money online so i was lucky enough at the time to hire on with a company that was local that did seat covers um, and they actually had a website and we built a lot of um, what we call lookup engines. These are like um, PHP was the program programming language that we used, and we, we used that language to build these online catalogs where you could actually go in and select your year make model of vehicle and pick an arrangement of seat cover patterns to fit your vehicle. Um, actually did quite well with that and, and turned that technology around so that other websites could use it. So they had, without doing anything, the ability to sell custom seat covers on their website. So that was kind of where I got my first sort of real sort of e-commerce chops, so to speak, was doing that kind of stuff. And then over the years, just progressed from that kind of work into sort of doing work for agencies, you know, e-commerce work, and then ultimately to 
a local brand that we have in the valley called Camp Chef. Um, maybe some of your your viewers will, will know that brand, but spent 14 or so years there helping them grow e-commerce into a good sized chunk of their business. Great company to work for. Um, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, but really what led me to this job today where I work for Vista is actually Vista purchased Camp Chef and actually asked me to come to corporate to kind of help sort of enact that vision, that e-commerce vision across all the different uh, companies that Vista owns. And that's kind of where we're at today. So maybe not that strange of a path to, to e-commerce, to corporate life, but a path nonetheless. Right. Well, I, we'll get into all of this because I know that there's there's a lot to talk about. You know, with your, you cover a lot of brands, a lot of very different products. Um, and maybe you can share a little bit, you know, what is the composition of Vista right now? I mean, Camp Chef is one of many brands that, that this company owns. Um, what, what are some of the other brands that people might recognize? Oh, brands like Camelback, you know, the hydration company. Yeah. Um, brands like Bell and Giro, those are bicycle helmets, kind of bike accessory companies. Um, brands like Bushnell, kind of they do optics and like rifle scopes for guns. Um, we have some ammunition companies that we own as well, like Federal Premium, um, CCI, Spear. So, I mean, these are recognized brands, um, but most people don't know that it's actually owned by one corporation. Um, and Vista itself is actually fairly new to the whole business. I mean, they've only been around five or so years, but they've made their mark. They've gone out and acquired these brands and are, are trying to grow those brands as sort of part of a bigger sort of outdoor products initiative. Right. And for those who don't know, Vista kind of spun out of ATK. Is that right? Yeah, I believe so. Yep. Um, and, and kind of set up shop here in Utah. The, the headquarters is no longer here, but you've got brands that are here and you've got Vista employees like yourself who are kind of working remotely. Um, and, and to our knowledge, you're the only Vista employee here working remotely. And you have the, the Camp Chef team that's here in, in Cache Valley, but, but you're a Vista employee who's, who's here in the area, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, the Camp Chef team, we're all part of Vista. We're all one family. Um, they are obviously are focused on growing the Camp Chef brand. But yeah, as far as overall for Vista, I'm one of the few employees that they have in Utah um, that work for corporate. But it's actually a good situation because I'm kind of in between where all the businesses are. So I can travel to the West Coast to be with some of our brands. I can travel to the East Coast to be with the rest of them. Um, so it's, it actually works out. Oh, that's great. Well, we haven't really addressed kind of what's happening currently in the world. Um, and uh, I'd love to hear your perspective. You know, how are your, how are the brands um, faring in this time of, of COVID and, and, and in your world, I mean, e-commerce is, is so important, right? You know, people can't necessarily go to stores, you know, you can, but not, not a lot of people are going out to stores and, you know, buying a camp chef in person, I imagine. Um, but there's probably a few people who are buying those online. Um, what, what's, what are kind of the state of things right now from your perspective? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I mean, obviously with, with COVID-19 it's really, you know, upset kind of the marketplace, uh, traditional ways of, of doing business have obviously had to change. I mean, we've seen it in how we have to go, you know, get takeout from restaurants and things like that. In terms of brands and brands that would normally sell to retailers, yeah, it's shaking things up. Um, those brands have, have had to pivot and, and do more with uh, sort of the online resources that they have. Um, what's interesting about Vista and the brands that we have when you think about them is that 
they're all kind of based in the outdoors. So things like Camelback, where you're, you're putting on a water pack and you're riding your bike, like Belgiro. I mean, these are kind of, you know, get away from everyone sort of activities. So if you think about it, we, we kind of, our products embody social distancing. So to a certain respect, or to a certain extent, rather, we, we are actually doing quite well in this market um, because people are buying our products to go do those activities because they can't travel to Europe on vacation this spring or summer, right? They can't do it, um, you know, take a trip to Disneyland because of, you know, the airlines and just the general concern over, over COVID-19. So in a way, um, it's actually helped Vista. Um, and, but more importantly, and I think this is kind of the lesson for everyone, is it's just sh- it just shows you how much of a part e-commerce can play in people's lives now. That it's not just from a business standpoint, don't just look at it as another channel to sell on. It can actually facilitate a lot more than that. Um, and you can use that channel to engage with consumers at a level where, you know, you usually relied on the stores or retailers to do that. So in a way, it's forcing businesses to make that pivot more aggressively. And the ones that were sort of tooled up and ready for it or had already been doing it are just reaping the rewards right now. But I guess the word of caution is if, if you're not moving or pivoting towards digital right now, if, if the situation with the virus hasn't made you sort of rethink what your strategy strategy should be, um, then you're going to fall behind. So, Right. The thing that I've heard from so many people is, you know, this whole situation kind of accelerated a lot of the the trends or the directions that we were already moving, right? It's like e-commerce was already big business, but it's just accelerated that even more, um, you know, streaming it, you know, in, in, in uh, it, rather than go to a movie theater, right? Like so much of this was already happening and this has just kind of accelerated that even more. Um, it, what, how's the response been across the brands? I, I mean, the outdoor is kind of the common thread, but you have very different consumers of, of different products from, you know, the bike category to, to, you know, to more of the guns, gun side of things to camelback to camp chef. Right. I mean, those kind of attract different audiences in some ways, in some ways not. Um, how's the response been across the brands where you're seeing um, things overall? Like has, has there been a, you know, have some parts of the business struggled more than others? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there's there's pockets of greatness and there's pockets of, oh, we kind of missed the boat. But I guess the big thing is, is that the consumers is kind of what's driving this, right, in the situation that we're in. Consumers always have the need for the product regardless. Um, and, and they don't want to give up their ability to purchase something they're interested in just because of a, an economic or a marketplace situation, obviously. Um, People still want to go out and enjoy the outdoors and have fun. Some of our brands are, are pivoted better to that. Um, you know, some of our brands are doing things that they haven't done before in order to engage with not only consumers, but also retailers as well. I'll give an example. Um, our Camp Chef brand is actually doing, instead of traveling and going to large sort of, you know, conventions to try and sell product to a dealer or to a, a rep, they're doing it online now. They're actually shooting videos where they have sort of like a community get together where all of the reps and the dealers can actually watch the videos and learn and get the sales pitch for the product there as opposed to doing it in person. And yeah, some brands have done that kind of stuff before, but the thing is it's, it's, it's a necessity now because you can't travel. And the feedback from those brands on that is actually really positive or from the dealers on that is really positive. They actually like the format.
you know, hopefully once we get out of this, there's some outcomes, some, some lessons learned, some things that, you know, maybe we weren't willing to try until we were forced into it that, you know, we're going to adopt moving forward. I know that, you know, for example, we just jumped off of doing an Instagram live with um, some designers and we were just having conversations and we hadn't really done that as a program. It had always been in the back of my mind to, you know, we should do those types of things to connect our students and, and have some of those live experiences. And, and lots of people have been using those, but um, it, it was kind of during this experience, I, I thought, no, we need to be doing that. Like we need to connect more. We need to connect our students to, to companies, to, to designers. Um, and so we're, we're adopting more of that now. Um, we've kind of gotten forced into it. And now I, I look back and think, well, why weren't we doing that before? Like the, what was holding us back? Just convention, just yeah. you know, normal way of doing business, just the way people think. Um, yeah, sometimes, you know, a, a revolution comes through, an, uh, or sorry, an evolution comes through a revolution. And, and that's kind of what the situation is now. You've, got, you've had so many standard ways of thinking about how doing things, but when you're pressed into a corner, you kind of have to be more creative, and that's really what's happened. Um, you've got brands now thinking about things in a more digital sense, where before they didn't. And that's, that's not a bad thing. It's just a different thing. And it really just behooves a brand at that point or a manufacturer at that point to kind of think about how they can leverage that new opportunity. Right. Turn, turn that negative, so to speak, into a positive. Right. Now you've been, how long have you been working remotely? Oh, coming up for a year now. Okay. So you, you had been doing this well before everything broke out and, and companies started sending people, sending people home. Um, what was that like for Vista at, at large, you know, at Camp Chef, some of the other brands? I imagine there was a, you know, a push to have everyone work from home. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every state, you know, kind of has their own rules. Every county has their own rules. Um, every business unit, um, we kind of followed a corporate policy is to make sure we get as many people remote as possible. Obviously, it's difficult to do for every employee because some don't have jobs that require that they're in front of a computer every day. Um, I'm thinking of things like, you know, warehouse folk, that yeah. kind of thing, uh, manufacturing folk. Um, so it's difficult for them because we still had to work out schedules that would make them able to do their jobs. And, and we did that. But for most of the other employees that are sort of, you know, computer bound in terms of what their role is or function, um, the transition was actually pretty smooth. Um, yeah, there were some connectivity issues that we had to work through to make sure everyone had access to, to Zoom and, you know, Skype and, what the, and all the rest of it. But uh, I wouldn't say that any sort of, I wouldn't say that we've seen any sort of drop in productivity other than the warehouse piece of it gets to be a little bit more complicated. But in terms of daily interactions, the fact that um, everyone loves the idea of getting up in the morning and not having to put your, you know, your street clothes on, um, kind of made people kind of a bit more relaxed and, and willing to engage through the, a digital format. And, you know, we have long days still. Um, I mean, today is, was a marathon of calls back to back to back, but that's, that's kind of the new norm, I guess. Um, but the, off, the, the benefit is that you can step away from your computer for a minute and be in a quiet space where, you know, inside an office, you can't normally do that. So there's, there's pluses and minuses. Right. And how was that experience for you prior to, you know, the rest of the company um, going remote? I mean, you've been working remotely for, for a while. What, what's that experience been like for you? 
Um, it took a while to get used to. Um, I wouldn't say that I've fully adapted to it because I do like an office environment. I do like, you know, the interaction. But at the same time, I feel a bit more productive being remote because it allows you more time to focus. Um, you don't have that meeting distraction, per se, of someone coming in saying, hey, we've got to discuss this problem right now. Um, you don't have all that ad hocness that kind of happens when you're inside an office. Um, you can be a bit more structured, um, which I find nice. Um, but I mean, overall, remote for me, it's you're always fighting those pains or, or frustrations of just being somewhat isolated from what's going on. Um, but I think as more people adapt to this format, certainly for me, um, you realize you can just you can be equally as productive. Um, I don't see a downside to it. I just see you having to make an adjustment to it. Right. And, and in a way you've been separated from the brands that you work with. I mean, for a while, I mean, you know, you, I, I guess like the brands that you oversee, like are all over the country, regardless, like even if you were working at, you know, one of these brands, you'd still be far from all the other ones. Right. So it, it kind of, it really doesn't matter where you are located in a way, but um, I guess wh- where do you kind of see the future of, of things at, at Vista? I know it's really early to tell and, and we've seen drastic examples of companies like, like Twitter, um, you know, have come out and said our employees can work remotely forever. Um, you know, that's not going to be normal or, or um, the standard for everybody. Um, but you know, any idea kind of where, where you see things going? It's hard to know, but. Yeah, it's, it's hard to know. Um, I mean, that's a really complex question because every brand that we have, every business is slightly different. Their needs are different. Um, I think obviously the idea is to get people, you know, back to work and, and comfortable in the environments that they're in. So hopefully we get the virus thing behind us, but I, but I would hope that, you know, kind of the way that we've done this and gone about sort of coping with COVID that um, it's opened some eyes to possibilities, right? As far as, hey, maybe maybe it isn't, you know, a full week's worth of work inside an office. What if the schedules were more flexible that maybe remote could figure into part of it, right? So that the business hours could more fit kind of the lifestyles that we all want to lead. That would be a cool outcome. Um, I don't know if that'll happen. Um, but I, but I think there's enough data there now because we've done it for a while that an argument could be made that maybe, you know, as a corporation or any business for that matter, could be just more accommodating uh, to their employees and not feel like they're going to lose out on the productivity of that employee just because you allow them to work from home for a day. Yeah. I think that's always been the fear. Um, but in some cases you've seen studies that have shown, an increase in productivity, right? Uh, I mean, everyone's data is a little different, but um, yeah, I, I definitely feel like that's, you know, that, that could be an outcome, right? People are, are starting to recognize, oh yeah, maybe we're not necessarily losing out on anything and people are happier and you know what, maybe they don't have as long of a commute and that work-life balance is better. And um, yeah, th- I think there's a lot of positive outcomes. Um, I mean, that's just naming a few. There's plenty of others, um, you know, along with some issues that might come with it too. But um, Well, I also think too that for a really responsible employee, they take the approach that they want to fight against that perception that you lose productivity when somebody works from home. You yeah. know, I don't want to be the person that, that lives up to that expectation. I think there's a lot of employees that once working remote, they actually feel more responsible because they know that they'll be judged by based on 
based on what they get done as you know so I, I feel like people are kind of overcompensating and and want to be there all the time so it's actually probably making people work longer than shorter um, right because yeah, no, I think so too. Um, I, I think the line of work that you're in is is like perfectly some, uh, suited for really the future that we're moving into. I feel like, I mean, your your work can be done remotely. Um, people are buying more online. It seems like everything's trending the direction that you're already um, you're in. So, w- what excites you about the future, um, and particularly the particularly the future with Vista e-commerce? I just think there's a, t- a ton of potential there still. Um, I don't think we're even halfway down the road of where we need to be. And I don't mean that in a, in a negative sense. I mean that in a positive sense. I think for Vista and his brands, his family of brands, um, we're just scratching the surface of what's possible. Um, when you think about, you know, how much more aggressively we can, we can market online, the fact that there's untold number of untouched audiences out there that we just haven't engaged with yet, um, because maybe we've been selling through, you know, traditional sales, sales channels for so long, but now with digital, we can reach out to those other groups that maybe we didn't think we could reach before because now we have a digital interaction that we can have with them and we can, we can ship the product to them quickly too. It's not like they have to wait months and months and months to get a product. So I, I think there's a huge, huge potential um, for Vista and for any company in the outdoor market still. Um, I don't, I don't think anyone in the outdoor industry is, is, tapped out in any way, shape or form. I think there's still more room to grow. Right. You, you obviously work, work here in the Valley, um, have a connection to this, this community, um, especially with your time at, um, at Camp Chef and, um, you could, you could work from, from a lot of different places working remotely. Uh, what excites you about, um, this community and the, the potential for, you know, a, a, a really vibrant outdoor industry here um, in the Cache Valley? Well, I think um, what excites me about the community is just the community itself, right? It's it's the right size. Um, it's got the right amenities. Um, it's not a, a huge population center, but it has enough to keep you interested. And then also just the proximity to things around you that as far as outdoor activities, right? Road biking, mountain biking, skiing, It's it's literally minutes away. Um, or just off your, you know, go out your driveway and, and then you're on the road. Um, so I think all of those community aspects I like. Um, what I would like to see happen more in our community is is a bit more um, digitally focused companies show up. Um, I think we've got a lot of good technology and science because of USU, obviously. Um, I think we've got a lot of good homegrown businesses um, in the Valley. Um, Louvre, Camp Chef, I mean, there's all kinds of examples, Camp Saver. Those are all businesses that are doing really well with e-commerce, um, but I'd like to see more of it. And I would like to see um, Cash Valley be, become sort of known for that, kind of in the same way that, you know, Provo and Orem are, 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 are kind of known for technology or being a technology center. I don't know that we want to be that big, but I think yeah. there's still plenty of room for businesses to move in here. Because if you think about it, they've got ready access to, you know, kids coming out of USU um, that are passionate about technology. Um, so, you know, those are people that you can get involved in your business very early on and, and have them grow within your business and keep them in the Valley. Um, Cause I think, you know, there was this notion and, and it's still out there that, you know, you get educated, you're in a small community, you go to the big community to kind of make your mark, make your money and then come back to the small community. And I get, I get the logic and the flow of that. 
but does it have to be that way for everyone? No, it doesn't. You can, I think you can make a good lifestyle and living in a community like, like ours where um, you kind of grow everything that you want here for yourself as opposed to going somewhere else to get it. Right. I think that's been one of the struggles, right? Is people haven't maybe haven't noticed or, or heard the examples of people who have done that here, who have kind of proven that, that model, you know, wrong in a way or, or carved out their own path or created their own opportunities. Um, I think some of these companies are, are proving that, right? You have Maloof that is having a massive amount of success, um, you know, especially their recent announcement of a thousand new jobs over 10 years. I mean, that's, that's going to be monumental for this community. Um, but that's a story that I think is starting to show, you know, graduates like, oh, those, that couple that started Maloof, they were graduate, you know, they studied it here at Utah State and they chose to stay and build something um, rather than leave and then come back. Um, you know, I was victim to that as well. You know, I went to school and that was kind of just the natural order of things. It's, you know, you graduate, you know, you, you go to uh, Logan, you graduate and then you leave. Um, and luckily I've been able to find an opportunity that keeps me here. But I think, I think it's got to take more of these success stories to wake people up and, and show people, oh, you, you know, <laughs> there's so many benefits of being here, you know, shorter commutes, you know, closer proximity to, to outdoor recreation opportunities, a great community that you can be a part of. Um, but I think you're right. I think we've got to land um, a few more success stories around the outdoor industry and, and hopefully our program can help drive that. And, but I, I think there's some real opportunity for that as well, especially with kind of this move. It seems like more of a move towards remote work. Um, I think there's an opportunity for, you know, more outdoor employees to, to be here in our community. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd love to see the community go in that direction. And, and the good thing is when, you know, if you're like a, a city planner or, you know, Cache County or whatever, um, we, we can add this um, additional business to the Valley without adding considerable infrastructure, right? Because if people are working remote, it's not like you have to build a big office building. I know they kind of miss out on tax revenue that way, but at the same time, you're getting the benefit of more people in your community contributing taxes without all of the infrastructure that normally goes in industry that goes along with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then those people spending right in the community, which, you know, is another huge benefit. So yeah, I, I, you know, I think I've mentioned this to you before. There's, there's a few other remote employees that work for large outdoor companies that I know of that are in this community. And um, I'll be curious to see how that develops with everything that's been going on. Maybe there's an opportunity to start, you know, working with those individuals to try to attract you know, or, or build teams around those people that are here um, and, and try to get some momentum. Um, yeah. But you're right. There's, there's got to be a couple success stories before we start to see the snowball move. I mean, eventually someday we'll get to a point where where you choose to work doesn't determine where you have to live. Um, that's the utopia that we, we, everyone wants to get to. Um, and obviously for some industries, it's easier than others. I mean, if you're purely a tech company and your whole product is, is digitally based, meaning it's software. Yeah, you could ostensibly live anywhere. Um, but for companies that have, you know, commitments to either manufacturing facilities or large distribution centers, I mean, they are going to have to have a physical force there. But, but I would hope that as time goes on, more businesses would choose to locate and be kind of in remote communities like ours, as opposed to, you know, outside of, you know, a large metropolitan area like San Francisco or something like that. I think it's, I think it would behoove some companies to kind of maybe take that approach because in the end of the day, I think we'll see that they're, 
employees will be more fulfilled, happier, and, and not have to deal with the stresses of being sort of overrun by society and, and, and population. Right. And I think the outdoor industry is specifically suited for that. Um, you know, the, the outdoor industry is all about getting out into these remote places, right? Um, you know, being some level of quality of life, um, being close, closer to the natural world. Um, so you'd think that more of these outdoor companies would be, you know, trying to get to these types of places. I, I don't know if we've completely seen that yet. Um, maybe this is, you know, the, that, that moment that's going to move that needle forward. I don't yeah, know. We'll, we'll see. The thing is too, for a lot of businesses, um, especially ones that are coming out of, you know, back East or California or whatever, when they think remote, they think Salt Lake is remote. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's true. It's so, all relative. Yeah. yeah, it's all relative. So if you think about our community, we're re- we're a remote community. Or we're already a remote community, right? Yeah, so, yeah. That's, that's kind of how it goes. Well, we are, we already don't show up on the map. I know I've mentioned that to you before. It's you know the Utah map ends at Ogden, so right. Um, There's nothing further north. <laughs> yeah. So I and part of that is I I think you know there's an opportunity for our program to play a part in that and and try to, you know, raise the profile of this community and, and hopefully bring business in and, um, you know, cause there's a huge resource in, in the amount of talent that's coming out of our program, out of the business school, a lot of, you know, out of a lot of the programs that are up here. So definitely an opportunity to kind of have some gravity and start to pull things our way, hopefully. Yep. I agree. So, well, I, I don't want to take too much of your time, but any, any other thoughts, um, kind of just, how you've been facing this thoughts about the business. Um, it's been great to just hear your, your perspective. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, closing remarks, I guess I, I would just like to see more people just really take on the notion of, of using e-commerce as a career path. I think there's a lot of people that, that think very straight lined. I mean, in terms of their career, they think, well, I, I can be a salesperson or I can be a doctor, an engineer, or, you know, and, and the, but e-commerce has a whole variety of, of, of specialization within it. Um, everything from, you know, like digital marketing people to programmers to people that understand sales, people that, that, well, I mean, with the advent of social media, you've got, you know, influencers. And I mean, there's all variety of jobs that relate to, you know, generating revenue through, through e-commerce or, or online. Um, so I guess, I guess that would be the thing that I would like to see is more, people be exposed to just what e-commerce encompasses and and how maybe they can participate and take part in it. Because I think from a career standpoint, the, the cool thing about e-commerce is you can learn a skill set and master it and then jump to the next one. And what that does over time is just make you supremely well-rounded and can a- able to jump in at different points for any business that's out there. So you may, you may spend three or four or five years at a business, learn three skill sets that relate to e-commerce and take that knowledge and go to a different business where you may have a more senior role. And I think that's a good way to think about how to get educated, how to get involved and how to move yourself forward in a career path. Right. Yeah. Those skills are, are definitely transferable. Um, no, I I think that's helpful. And and I think kind of a different perspective because we, we talk a lot about product and product design and development and and that side of things. Um, I, you know, I wanted to have this conversation to show the other side of that. Right. Right. And there's, there's so, you know, if you're not the design person, there's so many other opportunities to get involved and interact with the product, but you know, just on the other end, um, in a different way. 
Um, and there's plenty of opportunity for that. And, and in some ways, you know, this, this is an, like a, a growing opportunity. We're just going to see, I think, roles in, in um, kind of the direction that you've gone just, just become more valuable. Yeah, I mean, a great example and a way to look at it is if you go back 15 or so years ago when anyone said anything web or e-commerce, um, usually when you saw a job advertisement, it was for a webmaster, right? Mm-hmm. That was like the all-encompassing title for someone that knew how to do stuff online. And, uh, but that job is essentially gone now and it's been replaced by, you know, like 15 different other specializations. So that just shows you how the industry has sort of grown and then its, it's, its footprint has broadened. And I think that's what's cool about e-commerce because all the roles and specializations that we have today are going to be different again in another five years just because of how fast the market moves and how fast e-commerce moves. Um, so there's always going to be something new ahead. Right. Totally. Well, that's great. I, thanks for letting us, you know, peek behind the curtain. You've, you've pulled it back um, and just shared so much about kind of your day to day and what you're working on. I think it was really helpful. So yeah, thanks for being willing to take some time. Thanks for listening to the Highlander podcast. Subscribe and listen for more outdoor stories and content wherever podcasts are found on HighlanderMag.com and each Sunday at 4 p.m. on Aggie Radio, 92.3 FM in Cache Valley.